0: On today's episode of the TV Yearbook, we discuss the history of shock treatment, holographic hip-hop, and the etiquette of a dog slaying. So don't touch that dial. The TV Yearbook starts now.
1: Hello, hello. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the TV Yearbook, a podcast about the best and worst episodes of iconic television shows. I am your first host, Greg.
2: And I'm your second host, Dom. In each episode of the TV yearbook, we pick a popular TV show from the past and use the internet to find its best episode and worst episode. Then we'll discuss the two episodes of the past through the lens of today. We poke fun, we laugh, we debate as we explore the various qualities of these shows. And just like your high school yearbook gave superlative awards, such as Least Likely to Call Before You Dig... And most likely to fabricate an alien abduction narrative to deal with your repressed inner rage. At the end of the show, we'll share our superlative awards. Right, James? That's right, Dob. I'm your third host, James.
0: In season one of the TV yearbook, we explored 1980s crime-fighting dramas. In season two, we'll be looking at sci-fi shows from the late 80s and into the 90s. Our show today ran from 1989 to 1993, and TV Guide ranked it number 19 top cult show ever. It was the only award I could find. Our show today is Quantum Leap.
1: That is a very obscure top 19 list. (laughs) But
2: since it's on that list, number 19, Dom, tell us about the show. All right. In Quantum Leap, our main character is Dr. Samuel Beckett, played by Scott Bakula, who has seven doctoral degrees and working on a way to time travel at some point in the future when something goes wrong. His main man, Al, played by Dean Stockwell, is presented to him as a neurological hologram. And he is connected to Sam's brain, and only Sam can see and hear him. Sam jumps from body to body randomly. But the constant is that in each jump, there is some purpose or meaning for him to be present in preventing something bad or helping some other character. He only seems able to jump to the timeline that's in his own life. Al has a very advanced iPhone called Ziggy. And responds only to being hit or shaken. Uh, So I think iPhone technology must change, evolve over time. No. And in each show, there's a bit of a mystery where Sam and Al attempt to figure out who to help in the episode, how to help them. And in our two episodes today, we learn so much more about Sam and, I dare say, ourselves. Right, guys? (laughs) That's why I watch it. (laughs) It's
1: exclusively why I hang out with you guys, to learn all about
2: myself.
1: (laughs)
0: That seems right. All right, Greg, are you going to give us our 90-second recap
1: of the best episode? Yes, yes, yes. Less than 90 seconds this time, I imagine.
0: Mmm. Mmm. Tasty. Yes.
1: Delicious. Greg? (laughs) I will do that. Here we go. The best episode, season three, episode twenty-two, shock theater, the season finale. Sam awakes on top of a gurney, being manhandled by an angry orderly. <laughs> who? What, you like my gurney? <laughs> That's what
0: she said. Anyway,
1: <laughs> yeah? <What does> that <laughs> mean? I don't know. Uh, Sam awakes on top of a gurney, being manhandled <laughs> by. An angry... <laughs> Being manhandled by an angry orderly who ups the voltage to 11 and electroshocks Sam into submission. Unfortunately, this creates a side effect where Sam begins to be taken over by previous personalities that he has jumped into from past episodes. First, an executive secretary, Suzanne Summers, or something, then an elderly black man, a fighter pilot, Vietnam vet, boxer, and finally a man with Down syndrome. Throughout this ordeal, Al is trying to help Sam remember who he actually is, and the doctors are observing his multiple personality disorder, and Al is teaching the other asylum patients, yes, to read by rapping about the alphabet. In the end, Al is losing the power to stay with Sam, and they risk losing Sam forever. They realize that the only way to undo Sam's multiple personalities and get Sam to leap is to undergo the same electroshock treatment once again. With Al fading and Sam still in his mentally disabled personality, a nurse reluctantly applies the voltage and Sam immediately leaps and is reunited with Al in another life. But this time, they have switched places and Sam is now the hologram. Oh boy. oh Oh, boy
0: boy. (laughs) i am so excited to talk about this show yeah go on because this i mean well this is a show that i watched as a kid
1: how many episodes do you think you
0: watched as a kid at least five okay Of all the shows that we've talked about, I think this is the show I probably watched the most.
1: Well, you watched almost six
0: episodes. (laughs) (laughs) But this show, I didn't remember that the show actually has two opening themes.
1: Yeah, there's this pre-theme song where we have this woman who is speaking, I don't know, how would you describe her voice, guys?
2: Futuristic. Sultry. (laughs) (laughs) Is this an improv show? What's going on? <laughs> I need
1: a, I need an adjective from the audience. Nice, soft, <laughs> supple,
2: supple, supple,
0: <laughs> round. Yeah, a very whole voice. A lot
1: of emotion. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Feminine. Feminine. I'm gonna go with feminine. Yes. No.
1: When I'm listening to her talk at the beginning, she is so concerned and hoping
0: each time that his next leap will be the home well yeah <laughs> i mean are you a monster there's a guy he disappeared yeah and is jumping through time it's weird <laughs> i mean if all of a sudden i disappeared and started jumping through time wouldn't you be concerned about getting me home
1: I know. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd play like uh, Burt Reynolds. Yeah, we gotta get him home. <laughs>
0: well, I think I think the theme song actually helps make the argument that this is a guy that the world should be concerned about getting home. First off, it took me a while to remember what it was. It's a
2: lot of sense going
0: on. I didn't recognize it at the beginning, but when the sexy sax came in. Like, that's what flipped my brain. Like, oh, yeah. That's exactly it. (laughs) That might be it. During the theme song, there is a montage of all the things that Sam Beckett has gone through throughout this series. And it made me unjustifiably mad because it's ridiculous. He is a cartoon character. (laughs) No one can do. All the things that he can do. So this is according to Wikipedia, which according to Michael Scott.
2: Anyone in the world can write
1: anything they want about any subject. So you know you are getting the best possible information.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Sam Beckett has an IQ of 267. Whoa! He knows judo, karate, muay thai, and taekwondo. He speaks seven languages, including English, Spanish, French, Russian, German, and Japanese. He yeah. knows four dead languages, including Egyptian hieroglyphics. So does Dom. <laughs> he... <laughs> <laughs> he finished MIT in two years. Dom, as you said, he has seven PhDs. Would you like to know what those PhDs are in? I think we should know, yeah. Music, medicine, quantum physics, archaeology, ancient languages, chemistry, and astronomy. He won a Nobel Prize, and apparently in one episode, Time Magazine called him the next Einstein. Now, no disrespect to Einstein,
1: (laughs) but he is a chump
0: garbage eater compared to Sam Beckett. Uh, That sounds like a lot. Sam
2: Beckett is the
0: savior of the
2: world. (laughs) They could have maybe balanced that out a bit.
1: Just give him a 217 IQ instead. <laughs> Get like he's jumping into
0: all these different live. Well, oh, he needs to have these skills to be able to do all these things. But <laughs> it was so stupid.
1: Baseball player. Rock star. Rock star. Shakespearean actor.
0: Motorcycle gang member who does a roundhouse kick to someone's face. I love that roundhouse kick.
1: I know I attempted that as a child while watching this show. My brother is still unconscious. (laughs) And that's why he's a communist. Anyway. (laughs) Gushy, where the hell is Beaks? Who's Gushy? The theme song changed between the third season and the fifth season. It did. Did you like the later or the earlier one better? I remember the early one. Did not remember the later one.
0: The Yeah, the fifth season, I could not even tell really? what it
2: was. So for me, I was exactly opposite. I heard the later one and I thought, oh yeah. I almost didn't remember it, recognize it from the, the earlier season.
1: I like the original. I think it's better. It has that synth, probably because this started in the 80s. But then it came to the nineties, so they added the Star Trek Next Generation Trumpets.
2: I'm not saying it was better or worse. <laughs> I'm just saying my <laughs> I'm just saying I recognize the later one. But I'll abstain from, from voting on which was better. <laughs>
0: well, should we talk about the show? We can talk about the show.
2: So in this show, Sam gets electric shock therapy or electroconvulsive therapy, which is given to mental patients. This is set in 1954 or something, right? So at this time, this was a kind of a standard, one of the things they would use for people who are not getting better. Still used today, actually. Fun fact. Really? Is it effective? Yeah. It's about as effective for, for treatment-resistant depression Whoa. When it, when it doesn't work. But it's not like you see in the show. You may not even feel very much. You might be asleep when they administer it to you. Anyway, Whoa. in the show, it looks the way it looks for drama. Sure. So they administer these low-level shocks to specific parts of the brain that they now do with a little more precision today than they did back then. It was a little more experimental. Not saying they were using it great back then in the 50s. They weren't. <laughs> Indeed. But what happens here is that it's used as a, as a punishment from the manhandling orderly. And Sam doesn't know his identity. He doesn't know who he is. And I'm not sure how that could happen. What did you guys think about this premise?
0: Well, I mean, it was the voltage was set at like 200 or whatever. I mean, it was as high as the system could go. It fried his
1: brain and messed him up. See, I think for for those who have seen the show before, like all of us did as a kid, it's a pretty formulaic show because – There's disorientation for a couple of minutes while I figure, who am I? And then he's like almost unpiecing the puzzle as he learns about the new life that he's in. But this throws a real kink into it because Sam doesn't recognize who he is at all because they give him an ECV that just blows up his mind so he just has the memories. But Dom, you're asking...
2: Why does that happen? I mean, first of all, because I mean, this is, for the fans of the show, this is new. He's always mm-hmm. himself. He doesn't have any residual identity problems. This episode is unique in that it's, it says maybe he's hanging on to some pieces of these identities.
0: Well, it's also the first episode, I think, that he's had 200 volts applied to his temples. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. They, they don't really explain it other than just Al says later that, It kind of created a valley, and then these personalities are just rushing in to fill it.
2: Exactly. I guess that's one of the reasons people like this episode. Well, what else did you guys think? To be honest,
1: as a person who watched, like, James, you watched a few episodes. Dom, how many episodes did you
2: watch as a kid? Probably, I would say, between seven and nine. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've probably watched 60 of these episodes. Oh, okay. Wow, that's almost the entire series. That's a lot. That might be all of them.
1: Thank you, USA Network. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing that I was really struggling with, because I know these episodes, but... It's so formulaic and I was really trying to figure out what was going on and Sam doesn't know where he was. And obviously you eventually find out that it was the electroshock therapy that kind of brought all these other personalities in. It was really hard to follow along at first, but he keeps jumping from personality to personality to personality. Al is trying to get Sam back, like, Sam, listen to me, Sam, listen to me. And in the midst of this happening, of like trying his darndest to get his best friend back to reality... He decides to take a little break.
0: <laughs> He's going to solve the reason why they're there. Because one of the fellow patients, Tibby, does not know how to read. That's and right. Um,
2: young, young African-American boy who was dropped off by his parents at this mental institution. Because they had too many kids. Too, too many mouths to feed.
0: It is is really sad. Just that to, is
2: sad. And so Dean Stockwell, playing Al, shows up in this episode. This is his episode. We have to talk about the ABC rap, okay? So, oh. so Tibby, <laughs> the, when they figure out that they have to help Tibby, he says he can't read or write and isn't good with learning, but he's great with music. And so Al says, well, okay, I can teach you to read and write through song. And There's this not line. song,
0: Not song. Well.
2: But through hip-hop, rap. He has Ziggy, his... <laughs> trusty iPhone, ah. <laughs> pull up this rap. <laughs> and throughout the entire series, Al is constantly banging Ziggy and trying to get it to function by hitting it. It's the
0: only way Ziggy works.
2: And blowing it to the cartridge over and over. <laughs> it's just by physically
0: abusing it.
2: <laughs> Shaking it, bumping it. Just striking Ziggy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dropping his
2: cigar ashes all over it. But here's a time where Ziggy perfectly recites this ABC rap that apparently Sam and Al have been working on. A special occasion, and this is (laughs) what is going on. This rap, what the (laughs) oh my god, I mean,
0: it's both the worst (laughs) thing I've ever heard in pop culture history, but apparently it's also the best because this minute and a half rap changes Tibby's life so that he can read somehow
2: and no longer end up on the streets. By singing this rap, he learns the ABCs. I mean, this, the chorus of, of the rap is Help me understand how the alphabet song is not enough, and we have to create a, an additional song to help this person read.
0: And then it works! Help me understand that there was actually a rough draft
2: to this (laughs) rap. There was.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think the rough draft to this rap was, and now Dean Stockwell will take Tibby into a corner and read Goodnight Moon. And then some writer said, that's garbage. Here's something far superior. It's called the Coconut
0: Bangers Ball. It's a rap. (laughs) (laughs)
2: this rap made it to the quantum leap cd that has songs throughout the series compiled you are lying to me that's not a real thing it's on amazon i promise you it's there i'm looking it up and if i if i may i'd like to just recite a few lyrics a few choice lyrics from this we're buying this song the alphabet song rap say it you're no looney tune (laughs) in a big white room You're a monster mind of the future. Move it fast. Don't let the future pass. Now you're my man. I'm a fan. You got to understand that you've got the power to write, to read. You know it's guaranteed. Plant the seed and you get the flower. Plant the seed?
0: Is this Star Trek again? (laughs) (laughs) I've, I've found Quantum Leap, music from the TV series, audio CD on Amazon. How much? Oh. I'm going to go 12.99. Greg? 10 bucks. No.
1: 36.38. What?
0: No way.
2: $36.38. Oh Impressive. This is
0: why America is broken.
1: <laughs> this is why I am not spending that kind of money again for that CD. Never again. <laughs> Never again. <laughs>
0: I don't want to talk about the rap anymore because it's (laughs) god-awful.
2: Let's move on.
0: I kind of thought this episode was a little slow in that it was just kind of the same thing. Like Al is just trying to remind Sam of who he is. The doctors are trying to figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then towards Mm -hmm. the end, Sam becomes this uh, mentally disabled guy and... I know it's 1991 or whenever this episode was, but I mean, even then, isn't there a line where it's like, this is a little, a little too offensive?
2: Well, I'm not sure this episode aged very well.
1: Son, I can't hardly walk I got the rheumatism, you know? It does tell us a lot about uh, mental institution in 1954, which is just an incredibly rough place to be. Mm -hmm. And I believe mental institutions throughout American history have been pretty rough places to be. Mm -hmm. But to be able to at least see it, although in a fictionalized form in this episode, it was still hard to see. I mean, I found myself sad for a lot of this episode. The rap happened, and that made me happy, (laughs) slash, lots of feelings. So this continues on
0: kind of until the end and we realize he has to get shocked again. And why is Al losing power? Like, I I just don't understand this episode takes place over the course of one day and, and other episodes have gone on longer, but all of a sudden he's losing power. Everyone in the world should be caring about Sam Beckett and getting him back to, present time like how could they be on short of power
2: i mean you got to remember that he sam beckett starts this whole journey in the beginning because he's trying to to get this program to work before it's really ready to work and they're they're out of money or they're they keep talking about needing funding (laughs) for this this to work throughout the the show
0: yeah but they never bring that up i mean in this episode
2: no, but I think that's I think that's why Ziggy's always not working, or Al's always having trouble with something or the other. I mean, the whole show is the premise is based upon the idea that they can't get him back, and there's something wrong that they can't figure out. To your so,
1: question of why is Al losing power, uh, there's two things I want to mention. First off, shouldn't everybody be like helping this out? Because if we're making the assumption that Al is coming back from the future to talk to Sam has Al just told everyone on Earth, hey, everybody on Earth, just so you know, there's this guy, Sam, he's in the past right now and he's making tons of things right. <laughs> like, there was an episode, I remember, where he was like Lee Harvey Oswald for a little yeah, while. That's right. And then he leaped out of Lee Harvey Oswald and then the episode ended, JFK was still killed. But Al is like, just so you know, in that twisted version of the first history, Jackie Kennedy, she was shot and killed too. Yeah. So what you did actually save Jackie oh. I apologize for spoiling the show that's Spoilers, 28 yeah. years old for everyone but
2: <laughs> some of our listeners are not 28 years old themselves yeah
0: you c- I've never liked the argument of like oh this has been out for 50 years everyone should watch it like no there's still 13 15 year olds who still need a chance to discover it
1: 13 year olds should not be listening to this show not because <laughs> it's inappropriate, just because no one should listen to this <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, they never explain why he's losing power.
1: I thought he said something like, because you're, like, leaping within the leap and changing personalities, and you're bringing in those memories, that's draining the battery.
2: That was the kind of
1: thing that they said. Well, this here is a subatomic structure of a quark. What the hell is a quark?
2: I don't, I don't know what a quark is. Do you think we answered your question, James? Uh, I don't know. I... I'd i say yes. <laughs> okay so let me ask you guys this who is the real villain of this episode science you have dr masters who is played by the same actor that plays uh, Richie Aprile, if you're a Sopranos or
0: fan. Or he is one of the goons in the Weird Al movie UHF.
2: Oh, I didn't catch that.
0: Or he is the pilot who is transporting Dracula in the movie Monster Squad. <laughs> and if you remember, Dracula
2: was Ronin in our Star oh, Trek. Game. Oh my God. I know. Full circle. Man, I loved it. In this episode, he's a psychiatrist, and he's very excited because what's happening here with, they call it multiple personalities in the past, it's now called dissociative identity disorder, where this is, you see it in movies all the time, like Identity, for example, and uh, the M. Night Shyamalan one. Shyamalan Medigno. But here, he's excited because what's happening with Sam is that he is projecting himself into the future and coming up with these future personalities, uh, which, which I guess doesn't happen a lot. And the other piece is that, Typically for dissociative identity disorder, there's some kind of earlier trauma. And when they did their clinical history when Sam was brought in, there was no trauma, right? They had he hadn't mm-hmm. been, you know, abused in any way. So he thought this is like a case to make famous. Well, why would that make him a villain? He could stop this whole thing, right? Clearly, this patient is not doing well. Yeah. And in the context of the mental institution, he could probably decide what to do or what not to do next with a patient.
1: Yeah, I think my problem with Dr. Masters, he seems too willing to experiment on his patients. And it seems like that that became very evident. And that today would be considered definitely unethical and probably illegal. So uh, I, I would call him a villain. But what experiments was he doing?
2: This is where it gets a little dicey. So the patient believes himself to be intellectually disabled, the, the very last personality that Sam is. And in order to give consent for procedures, right, you have to be able to say, here are the risks and understand them. And in this case, and this is part of the reason why some of these hospitals were shut down, is you have patients who may not be able to understand and give adequate consent for the procedure, right but the flip side is this is the thing that saves sam not only is he going to go get shocked again but it's got to be at that high level of 200 volts and the nurse did it just because he asked
1: i I found that wild
0: yeah she's the one who didn't want to do it because she's scared that that kind of voltage would kill him
2: but let's go ahead and do it
0: let's do it (laughs) because the orderly and doctor are fighting in the corner so
2: so is the villain the system is that what we're supposed to take away I guess. I, it's, it's a number of things.
0: I think you are scratching way too deep than this episode ever <laughs> intended. Hey,
1: keep your hands out of me, will you? Come on, uh, I gotta check my medication. I gotta ask about the orderly. Okay. Because it seems to me like... He's angry. He is. But it also seems to me that Hollywood writers... Between this episode and Ben Stiller and Happy Gilmore, we're really meant to hate orderlies. <laughs> it's it's got to be a hard job. I don't envy the job at all, but my goodness, I could have pictured him saying exactly what Ben Stiller said in Happy Gilmore. If you do not sleep, I will put you to sleep. Like, he might as well have just said that all the time. A villain, in my opinion, too.
0: So why would this be considered in the discussion of the best episode of Quantum Leap?
1: This was a sad episode. I'm going to go ahead and pretend the ABC rap did not happen at all, because that was you have to an absurd thing.
0: You have to assume that never happened.
1: So I'm leaving that aside. But here's here's why I thought this was a pretty good episode. Number 1, it it kind of threw me for a loop. It, it took a while to figure out like what's happening because it was against the grain of every episode. Number 2, I love Tibby. I don't know about you all, yeah. but Tibby, I th- I thought good. he was awesome. Mm-hmm. A great acting work and I didn't look up who the actor was, but just a a fantastic job. But number 3, it was it was sad. I found myself sad for not just the beginning of the episode, but as time went on, and Al is begging Sam, you got to listen to me. I'm your best friend. You got to listen to me. But Sam's already moved on to the new personality. I left this episode with a great amount of empathy for a number of things. Wow. But I-, I thought it was a really, really good episode from that particular standpoint. You did learn about yourself. I did. <laughs> I did. Just like you <laughs> predicted, Jimmy. <laughs> uh,
2: obviously. One thing that we must say, and this is true for some of our other episodes, that we decided at the TV break not to choose episodes that are two-part episodes. We're looking for only standalone. So it should be said that the Internet pretty overwhelmingly chose one of the two-part series. Right. So I do need to put that out there.:
0: Well, before we take a look at the worst episode, Greg, what? What's your soda?
1: Oh yeah. Last time I had a frosty blue cream soda,
0: mm. but
1: this time I have a frosty root beer. I decided to stick with the frosty brand, and as you can see, it is... Almost gone. Mm. Is
0: that a frosted mug, or it just, just opaque plastic?
1: <laughs> it's opaque plastic, although it does look like a frosted mug. It's a mug I got from the hospital when a kid was born. <laughs> Might have been my kid. <laughs>
0: All right, let's do our worst episode. Greg, another 90-second recap.
1: Season 5, episode 15, Blood Moon. So Sam wakes up in a casket. Al comes in all freaked out about vampires because they're in a castle (laughs) in London. Sam is Nigel Corrington, an eccentric artist who is married to a homeless woman, Alexandra. (laughs) (laughs)
2: They
1: both love vampires and rituals. (laughs)
2: This is ridiculous, Al. Absolutely ridiculous.
1: (laughs) Tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) Correct. So, this night is the Blood Moon night, so they obviously invite Victor, Drake, and his girlfriend, Claudia, over for a ritual. Victor gives them an expensive dagger. Think of, like, the daggers that Melina has from Mortal Kombat. And Al arrives... And Ziggy says that Sam is there to save Alexandra, who's found murdered and drained of blood two days later. So Sam calls off the ritual, but Victor and Claudia slip Sam and his wife at Rufy, and Sam (laughs) wakes up bound. His butler, Horst, knocks out (laughs) Claudia, who was standing over him bound, and Sam goes to the roof to find Victor, who is ready to slay the tied-up Alexandra... And as he raises the aforementioned dagger, lightning strikes him, of course, and he falls dead into the (laughs) graveyard below. Sam tells Alexandra to sell the dagger, make some money, and leave. She does. Sam then (laughs) leaps into a man who's dressed like a superhero on the hood of a car that's going fast.
0: Okay, so in the beginning, Al shows up, and he is immediately terrified that sam is a vampire yeah. and i would suggest that this is on par as being as dumb <laughs> as the abc rap
1: yeah he's got all the classic signs he's got the pale complexion the beady eyes the lustful stare
0: yeah you just described yourself
1: haha <laughs> very funny sam
0: Okay, so I, I gave a background of Sam Beckett from Wikipedia. Let me give a background of Al from Wikipedia. Go, go ahead. He's a rear admiral in the Navy. Rear. He, he was a fighter <laughs> pilot. He was a member of the Apollo 8 team of astronauts. Oh. Whoa. He's a Vietnam POW. And let's not forget, he's a hologram. <laughs> Why would he even be terrified of vampires?
2: Real people are terrified of things.
1: He's really spooked out, though.
2: He's so spooked out.
1: I will say, uh, how does he respond after he leaves the first time thinking about vampires? You recall what he said? Well, I just hope Tina remembered to pick up my turtleneck from the cleaners. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he does. He does say that. (laughs) Way to go, Al.
2: He's known for his one-liners.
0: I don't know. I just think someone who was an astronaut would just have the wherewithal to not immediately jump to, oh, yeah, it's vampires. I mean, it could just be these people are really into cosplay and they're really weird. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Sam brings up that it could just be a marketing ploy for a struggling artist.
2: which uh, (laughs) Just likely. Or
0: you could just be like, yeah, these people are insane. Yeah. I don't need to come back wearing garlic.
2: Vampires are not merely
1: bloodseekers. Oh, no. They are sexually obsessed and many of them possess insatiable carnal Urges beyond the grave now. What does that tell you? It tells me that vampires and holograms have a lot in common Yeah And I think you are glossing over the most important thing. You said it, Jimmy, but he's a hologram. He's a hologram. (laughs) And I don't know, like when I'm playing Mario Kart and I get a star and I'm invincible and somebody shoots a blue shell, I am not worried because I cannot be touched. You might give out a cackle.
0: What a waste of a blue shell.
1: Yeah, you wasted it. You're an idiot. You fool. That's how Al should be acting, because there's no way a vampire can sink his or her teeth into a hologram.
2: So Al, in hologram form, is coming and telling Sam that they have to resolve this because when Sam, I'm sorry, when Al is not in hologram form, he's back in what they call the waiting room. He uses that phrase in this episode.
1: Oh, I forgot about the waiting room.
2: Yes, the waiting room in Quantum Leap is where the Leap E, in this case, the vampire guy, Nigel, is there and they're questioning him to try to figure out how to to resolve this mystery. So that's why Al is so freaked out. Even though he's a hologram with Sam and he trusts Sam, Then he's jumping back and trying to get answers from this vampire who's giving him the heebie-jeebies.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I'd forgotten about the waiting room. Thanks. The
0: only real bright spot for me was when the couple showed up, Victor and his (laughs) girlfriend.
1: Uh huh. (laughs) Because they were very, uh, they're active, pretty carnal. Did Victor have whiffs of a
2: low rent Pierce Brosnan? Yes, I thought that exact thing. That's a good description.
0: Definitely. Vic shows up and he's like really giving the googly eyes to Alexandra, and the girlfriend doesn't even care. Oh, yeah. And in my mind, it's is this about swingers? And that piqued my interest.
1: Don't speak. I want you to hear the sound of our union.
0: Later in the episode, in the room, in the study, Vic has a gift for Sam, which is this silver dagger. And while they're talking about it, the girlfriend starts getting hot and heavy on Vic. And they want to get a room, and then they invite Sam to join them. Yeah. They do. But I really love the line, when they invite him up, the girlfriend says to Sam that,
1: I want to bathe in your power. Hmm. And then Victor says, my Which wife is very, Do you? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did, you all, did you all in your mind predict what the word that was going to come out of his mouth was? Because in my mind, I was like, oh, what's he going to say? 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 I
0: didn't have time because I was in my mind thinking, this is about swingers.
1: This is about swingers.
2: <laughs> yes, I was thinking like giving or something like that. <laughs> Taking? <laughs>
1: and And that's what it seems like they're going to do, take a lot of lives at the very Absolutely. least, or at least blood. I can assure you, Claudia is quite energetic. Oh, yeah,
0: that's... and then soon after that, the dog dies. What was the
2: dog's name? Wallace. Nope. Uh, not Horst. Vlad. Oh. Vlad. Vlad, that's right. <laughs> the Impaler. Yeah, so I need a refresher on house party etiquette. So the dog dies. Sam hears Alexandra, his homeless wife, screaming. He runs, sees the dog in a pool of blood. Somebody's murdered the dog. And so he confronts Vic, his house guest for this party, and says, hey, uh, the dog's dead. And Vic says, oh, weird. That's strange. And he sees there's a (laughs) spot of blood on Vic's suit. And so then the next scene is – basically Vic and his wife waiting for them to come in and they have poured two glasses of wine for themselves two for alexandra and sam and so i just need a refresher on on house party etiquette when a guest murders my dog is it then time to (laughs) a accept a a drink that they've prepared by that guest who's obviously not drinking it themselves? <laughs> or would it be time to make sure that that guest is thrown out? I believe he did ask them to leave immediately.
0: Well, after well af- after owning a dog for eight years, <laughs> if someone came and murdered my dog...
2: Oh, no. Don't say it. Don't, don't finish the sentence. We're going to lose all of our listener. <laughs> don't finish the sentence.
0: I was going to say... Uh. I would tell them to leave.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yes, he told them to leave, and they said, "Well, just have a drink." You're like, okay, sure, okay, sure, <laughs> okay, why not?
1: And and keep in mind, they are <laughs> Sam. You're here. Because there's a murder. <laughs> <laughs> Al has told you. You're here. Someone's uh, going to die. The dog just died. Sam's been doing this for five seasons. He should always expect the roofies.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, so they do get poisoned. And then, of course, Sam wakes up again tied to a gurney.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a what? how did you say it a gurney gurney (laughs) and
0: Vic is going to tend to alexandra and claudia is going to attend to sam and this was another bright spot for me in this episode because she basically monologues and says that i'm gonna kill you and bathe in your blood or something like that Mm -hmm. And then she opens her mouth, and she has fangs. Oh, scary. Real fangs. And then Al appears, Mm -hmm. and his reaction, (laughs) I watched it multiple times. It's (laughs) so fantastic. (laughs) Oh, my God, And even though it's really stupid that Al (laughs) is scared of vampires, just his over-the-top, it is somewhat comical in this episode. It, It was a really good moment for Al. He's
1: also dressed really well, too. Like, in every episode, he is dressed to the nines. Mm -hmm. So, Um. I guess it's standard issue in the future for Adleros to wear that.
0: What the hell are you wearing?
1: It's all regulation, Michael. To get the top right, the pants had to be a little snug. Does it remind
2: (laughs) you of Back to the Future, where they're predicting all this weird how we dress in the future type stuff, and now we're, this is the future.
0: What's bizarre about this is the future in the show is only 1995. I mean, they got the iPhone
2: part right. It's pretty close. (laughs) They did. Pretty close.
1: A multicolored iPhone with... Let's
2: (laughs) put a bunch of Tetris pieces together. It'll probably look like that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey,
1: we found all these Rubik's Cubes out back. Can we uh, paste them together? (laughs) But don't have an adult do it. (laughs) But but the end of the episode, uh, I'm glad Sam saved the day.
2: But But, okay, but did he? He didn't really save the day. That's the weird thing about this episode. He didn't really do anything. Well, he didn't participate in the murder. Good. Yeah.
0: Which the original Nigel did. And he moved Victor to a higher altitude. Hold on. It was
2: total luck. The
0: thunderstorm.
2: No, that's the girl would have been murdered. He has seven PhDs.
0: (sighs) And one of those PhDs, let me remind you, meteorology? Is. In astronomy. Uh, is that weather? Is that weather related? It's,
2: I don't know. It's, it's in the heavens. The sky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: in the heavens. Okay. I don't think I can argue with that. So, so uh, uh, you're okay. not wrong. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <yeah. laughs>
2: well, okay. So, Alexandra, the, act, the actor that plays Alexandra, is, is actually, this is her first paid role per a certain internet movie database. How did she do in her first ever paid role?
0: I thought she did great. In watching the episode a second time, I thought she actually played the best character. Oh, yeah? Uh, Yeah, I thought, I mean, Al was just ridiculous. I mean, Scott Bakula, it was fine, but just the whole story was just silly. I mean, the guy who played Vic was fine as being scary. I mean, the woman, all she had to do was just lick some guy's neck for the entire episode
2: she was fine (laughs) that worked
1: (laughs) and touch her own
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) one question though this is supposed to be in england did you notice that some of these extras they had let's just say a variable english accent did that come up
0: as someone who is incapable of speaking in an accent I mean, I can't even pull off a convincing southern accent. And I'm from Texas.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're just not hearing it.
0: I never hold it against anyone for not being able to hold
2: an accent. Well, these are people paid to act different than themselves. Sure, but they only had a week to tape. It doesn't matter. No, it does not. (laughs) (laughs) Cast someone that can sound English. All right, what about at the end? So at the end... Sam, they're like, okay, these are fangs that are put in; they're false. These people are just crazy swingers that are interested in weird cosplay. And then he holds up the plate in the end to see what does this vampire look like? Because all the while Alice saying, "Oh, this guy's so creepy looking," looks at his reflection, and no reflection. We see nothing. Mm, Yeah. So after they debunk the vampire thing, then at the end we're left to believe what?
1: I don't think i'll ever understand any of this
2: i think it was a, i think it was a phony plate a phony plate
1: <laughs> that harkens back to one of my favorite family feud richard dawson's <laughs> episode name names <laughs> name something that you purchase <laughs> that turns out to be phony <laughs> rings a, a horse <laughs> To which Richard Dawson responds The dreaded phony horse gag. (laughs) The old phony horse gag.
2: (laughs) Ah, the old phony horse gag. <laughs> Gets <some> them every time. <laughs> so that's my thing. I think it was a, a, a phony <laughs> So
1: this was a bad episode. <laughs> uh, okay. <It's> <laughs> well, should
0: we talk about the series as a whole? Probably should. Yeah. Okay.
1: Let's do that.
0: Well, I've I've come to the conclusion after watching these two episodes that we cannot trust a said internet database of movies <laughs> i refuse to believe that this show is as garbage as these two episodes were i mean the rap sequence to go back to that that was morally wrong
1: <laughs> leave that out of your analysis Jeez.
0: no you you can't i think it's also it's the campiest show we've ever watched more so than Knight Rider.
2: Ah. Uh boy her body's found in the forest
1: in a couple of days and that's not all what when her body is found
2: what is what it's, it's completely drained of blood
0: there were very little redeeming qualities about the blood moon episode i mean <clears throat> the at the end of the episode where mm-hmm. they give like a cliff notes version of what happened like when they're rolling the end oh, yeah. credits <laughs> that was better than the episode <laughs>
2: nice. i mean it was a bad episode
0: and the other i mean the possibility of swingers that was the only other redeeming quality of the well blood moon. redeeming it's just <laughs> for a short while it was it made it interesting at least but these two episodes i mean the blood moon was bad but Shock Theater, I do not understand how that could even be in any discussion of being one of the best.
2: I think it has something to do with the fans of the series that have watched up to that point. Shock Theater shows you that Sam has retained... Memories and identities of the past characters, which for the people watching the show after three seasons was kind of a an aha moment This is also the time where Al has to do all the work, which is different Mm -hmm. for the show on top of that I thought the acting was pretty good for the extras for the best episode I did not like the rap. I cannot defend the rap. No one can. Yeah, it's pretty rough. The level of campiness was different than I remembered. After I watched the best episode, I thought, oh, internet, you let us down. Now, I I will say there's lots of other opinions out there on different websites about what the best episode is. So we want to hear you out there on social media about which one maybe we should have chosen.
0: I mean, I think you do bring up a good point about this is an episode that kind of expanded canon. Of quantum leap about how it actually works i mean i can buy that but still
2: think about the cliffhanger that ends with sam and al flipping so that al is the person physically and sam is the hologram right which if you're watching back then that cliffhanger waits over summer for six months or however long until it comes back
1: do you all like the way that they end episode the, the way they do next time on quantum leap I thought it's great because it makes you want to watch.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it's it's unique to television to have have that much change at the end of the story and it does make you want to watch the mm-hmm. next episode.
0: That's why it's ranked number 19 as the top cult show ever. It's top so. cult
2: 19 in the top cults.
0: Number 19. <laughs> Boom. Another thought that I had with this is just time travel. I really love time travel movies and shows but I I really struggle with how the time travel works in this episode because he's changing things, but is he creating new timelines or is this all in the same timeline and like isn't there like the butterfly effect kind of thing that thing that he's changing for good can have an impact on al and everyone else back at 1995
1: yeah i think the easiest way to look at these episodes in this entire series is probably assuming there's a higher power at, at play that it's not going to wreck the timeline so let's just say it's god that is sending sam back because certainly it's the the quantum leap machine itself but obviously he's going to, to specific people and writing the past that's what the concerned woman at the beginning is saying to make right what went wrong in the past and I would assume that higher power is making sure that it's not corrupting the rest of the timeline.
0: I think I might go watch the series finale of this show.
2: If this show was rebooted today, which there's talk of doing, and you were consulted by producers for your creative input, give me three things that are must-haves.
0: Are you serious in that this is something that... It's in talks. Oh.
1: It's so weird for Hollywood to bring something back instead of creating a new original idea. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so unheard of.
2: Okay, how about this? Which three events from when this show ended, so what was it, 1994 to the present, what kind of events would you like to send Sam back into to fix?
0: Ooh, my entire middle school years. <laughs> Say more. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, go on. You'll have to wait for the episode. <laughs> what, when uh, we
2: watch Salute Your Shorts? <laughs> of course, they could do a 9-11 episode, or they could do a, That would, yeah, they'd have you know, to do that. No, they wouldn't. They that's, that's, a, that's,
1: they like, I remember... Watching the JFK episode and saying, "Boy, they are really dipping into some like serious historical uh, muck yeah. here," I was like, yeah. "I don't, I don't think you can. Why not? I'm sorry, I don't think you can dip into sure. like 11 I don't think you could dip into Bin Laden yeah. and wars and things like that, historically altering events. I don't think you can dip into that at well, all. Well, that's
0: the problem. You'd have to find things that went
1: well. No, I don't."
0: I think that would work. I don't, well, I don't the reason that.
1: why Quantum Leap was so successful is because when you go back to like the time of segregation, there's uh, there's anonymity in the people that you are leaping into. So one of the people that Sam leaped into in like seven episodes before the best episode was an elderly black man who couldn't sit at a lunch counter. It's like, why can't I sit at a lunch counter? But it's not a specific person that we remember from history. It's just a general person that represents an event that did happen, but it has the anonymity to protect itself from historical distortions, so I would say if it's going to rebooted, you have to stay away from the big historical events.
2: But they did Kennedy, and they did. Okay. The, there was a there was a Vietnam War, episode. but it was just a
1: random soldier in Vietnam. That's the thing. Like the JFK, I was shocked. I remember being like a three year old and being like, whoa, they're really being deep here." Probably not three. Probably not three. <laughs>
2: yeah I think if they have the technology to do this time jump thing that of course they would go back there's a number of things that society might want to go back and, and redo the wonderful thing about this is they they can't control where what's happening or why it's happening and they don't exactly know why Sam's being asked to help these anonymous people and so to me it does give me it has sort of the I don't know angels in the outfield vibe a little bit that in some ways, more of a spiritual show than it is a science fiction show because of that. Yeah. Any final thoughts on this one?
1: I would watch more episodes of this because it harkens back to my childhood and good memories of a family-friendly show, Quantum
0: Leap. I kind of want to go and watch other episodes because... I don't believe the show was as bad as these two episodes. I mean, this I feel like this is a show that I would actually yeah, watch again.
2: I agree. I'm ready to do it.
0: Absolutely. I think we should move to our TV Yearbook Awards. All right. All
1: right, let's do that. He's got all the markings of the undead. And you have all the markings of the brain dead. We here at the TV Yearbook I like to give out our superlative awards, just like you had in your yearbook, as Dom mentioned Whatever he said earlier, I can't remember. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Something about ponies. Anyway. The
0: phony horse gag.
1: (laughs) The old phony horse (laughs) (laughs) Won't happen again. (laughs) (laughs) We like to give out our own awards and The iconic TV yearbook award that we like to give out is uh, the Extra Mile Award. See, as we've discussed before, when you're in Hollywood, you have to work your way up the ladder in Hollywood. And when you're on those bottom rungs, it's pretty rough and you have to do a lot of extra work. So we like to give an award to the person in the background that's just doing a great job making the most of their time. Or in the negative sense, just did not make the most of their time, because that happens as well. The extra mile award that I am going to give it to... hmm, I don't like that at all. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (laughs) (laughs) So, the extra mile award that I'm going (laughs) to... Take three. All right. And, and today I'm giving the Extra Mile Award. And I'm giving the Extra Mile Award to the lieutenant in the worst episode, or perhaps the left if you want to call him that.
2: Because in the worst
1: episode, there's only five characters the entire show, until yeah. the very end when a couple of police officers come in. And it's one of the lieutenants <laughs> right. because it's been a really, really stormy, there's been lightning, the lightning struck the guy, which I didn't mention earlier, that made the episode really, really bad. The cheesiest lightning strike, <laughs> murder thing. Anyway, so I'm gonna give the award to the lieutenant. Because he walks in, he doesn't say anything. Except, right, he's just getting ready to leave. He says, storm's passed. And he's just
2: done. <laughs> That's it.
1: And it reminds me, I was golfing one time with some buddies. And the snack girl in the, in the cart came up, offered us snacks. We said no. She drove away. But right when she drove away, we drove away. And my clubs fell off the back of the cart. And she saw it. She stops the cart, looks at me, and says... Clubs fell. And then just continues going. (laughs) And that was it. Like, I was already getting out. (laughs) And just the fact that this lieutenant's like, Storm's done. And then he moves on. I think he made the most of his time as an extra in this episode. Two
2: words.
0: (laughs) So you think that maybe he you think maybe he had extra lines and then saw that, oh, craft services just got here and there's a whole spread on the table? <laughs> Ooh, turkey and mayo, my favorite. He just shortened his line to get the hell offset set so that he could get the first of the finger yeah, sandwiches. Most likely.
1: So
2: that's my extra mile award. Dom, what do you got? My award is the most likely to never win an international role. And that goes to Lady Alexandra, who I mentioned cannot produce an English accent, <laughs> even when paid to do so. Oh. The actor's name is Shay Lynn, So she wins that for her attempt.
0: I didn't think her accent was that bad.
2: Rewatch it, listen for the English and I, I no, I'm not going tell to Tell me do where that. you find it. Tell me where you find
1: it. <laughs> it was a real like combination. It was like half English and half Well, English, but like American English.
0: I am looking her up. It does say that she's an American
2: actress. Who do you blame? This was her first role. When you do the casting, you're looking for... She got a lot of screen time. Now, she did do a great job. A lot of tears. She did a good job. She
1: was a homeless British
2: woman. Would you have preferred a cockneyed accent? I would have preferred a
1: Cockney accent. Hello. <laughs>
0: Hello, baby. Yeah, she was homeless, left on the
2: doorstep of a church in a boot box. Hey, what, we got half a day tonight? <laughs> Is it blood? Hey, oh, blimey, A <laughs> dog's head's been cut off. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's pretty that's good. very good. It's that's much so better than cool. mine. My wife will not let me do an accent in my house. <laughs> Can
2: you just give us five seconds?
1: No, I cannot. Oh,
2: Cockney. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a real veto
2: <laughs>
1: from the missus. <laughs> james an award please
0: yeah i have an award this
1: episode has gone on forever
0: this is also for the worst episode this is the award for most likely to need a dog catcher because Greg, you said there were only five characters in the show and i would say there was an additional one because london has a problem with wolves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I counted at least 12 wolves howling in the background.
2: Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> What right. is
0: going on in 1970
2: London? <laughs> in London! That they are just overrun with wild canines. I thought they were going to set up a werewolf foil or something, but yeah, there was a lot of wolf sounds going on.
0: So many wolves. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't uh. think
0: that's a
1: good one. I do have one more award. And I'm going to okay. give it to actually both Alexandra and Claudia, and probably Victor to a lesser extent. But I give them the award for most likely to star in the Divinals music video "I Touch Myself" because, <laughs> 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 like, anytime I look at Claudia,
2: a little active, yeah, she
1: is just touching that like lower part of the neck, yeah, <laughs> in a real sensual way. And then you look uh-huh. at Alexandra. And she's just touching the bottom of her neck in a real sensual... Like, yeah. it's making it like Dracula, but also like sexy Dracula. That's I got, the theme of the episode.
0: I you. are convincing me. Maybe I should watch this episode again.
2: <laughs> I got, I got it. one more award, too. To the writer who didn't name this episode, "Bacula the Dracula. No. I mean, why? <laughs> How no. could you not go there? <laughs> How could you not? Anyway. Well. Missed a golden opportunity. Yeah,
1: it was... Silver.
2: <laughs> What's next,
0: guys? Our next episode, if you're still listening, uh, we're gonna cover the apparently popular show SeaQuest DSV, oh, the show where Roy Scheider finally gets a bigger boat. Back to the ocean. Yeah. A joke everyone made in 1993 when the show came out. (laughs) Please check us out on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at the TV Yearbook. And please let us know what shows you'd like us to talk about in future episodes of the TV Yearbook. And since you have extra time on your hands, please go and rate our show. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, but mainly what you like anywhere you get your podcasts. That's right. And speaking of ratings... Gregory, how was Frosty the Snowman? Frosty Blue Cream Root
1: Beer. Frosty, Frosty Root Beer.
0: Root it's beer. no
1: Gene Simmons money bags root beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I would say uh, this Frosty Root Beer. It's much better than the cream soda. So last week I had the Blue Cream Soda that was ocean blue. Uh, this week mm-hmm. I had the Frosty Root Beer, sticking with the Frosty Corporation, and I liked the I liked the root beer. A lot better, probably because I like root beer better, but I still think for folks who might like, (laughs) who might like cream soda, I'm going to go and speak for you right now and just say, you're going to like that root beer a lot better. It was the same amount of sugar and gentlemen, it's a, it's a Sunday today. And let me just say, I had probably like 12 brownies. (laughs) What was it? Those brownies. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing special. And so I'm looking at the back of the bottle with 46 grams of sugar, and that's 86 percent of my daily sugar intake. Okay. And then I was thinking about those 14 brownies that I had earlier, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a long evening because I will not. You might be in trouble.
0: Fall asleep. In all seriousness, what's the main root in the root beer? Does it say? Ah, uh, let's take a look. See, is it sassafras?
1: Carbonated water, sugar. It doesn't say. Natural and artificial flavor. Sodium benzoate, but everything has that citric acid. That's it. Actually, this is the wrong bottle. This is the blue cream soda bottle. <laughs>
2: Very good. Very good. This, this gag
1: didn't work at all. <laughs> the, the, old, the
2: old phony bottle. That's it, friends. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>